to the Quilting Company Podcast, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilting. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy Daddy. Today on the podcast, we're talking about crossover crafting. So, we're going to talk about the crafts that you cheat on quilting with. Our guests today are Amanda Carestio, Senior Editor of Sew News and Creative Machine Embroidery, and one of the hosts of the amazing Sew and Tell podcast. We also have Allison Korleski, producer of Interweave and host and producer of the podcast Fiber Nation. Finally, in our Fine Finishes segment, we ask the question, if you were stuck on a desert island and you can only bring one craft, what would you bring? Welcome, ladies. So how are you today? Doing good. Awesome. Doing great. So Lori and Ginger, we're going to discuss cheating. (laughs) Oh, always a good topic. So we'll start with you, Lori. What crafts do you cheat on quilting with? I've done lots and lots of crafts throughout my life. Um, I know how to crochet. I know how to knit. I was fanatic about counted cross stitch for years and then it got so it was hard for me to make the transition between reading the pattern and what I had to do with the actual fabric and thread so I quit doing that um I'd say probably my my other love besides quilting still is garment sewing but this past weekend I went to a family reunion And one of my cousins gave me this adorable little crocheted fish. And I am going to start crocheting again. (laughs) You guys can't see it, but she brought it in and it is adorable. We have to put a picture up in the show notes for sure. It's actually in a little jar that Mm -hmm. looks like a fish tank. And and it's like maybe two inches tall and two and a half inches long. And it's just so cute. Nice. So you're going to have a whole uh, aquarium. Oh, by yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> All right, Ginger, you're up. Okay. So it's so funny because I'm fairly new to quilting. So I feel like I, I took that on and I literally have been living, breathing, eating quilting. And I have recently started to cheat on uh, <laughs> garment sewing. So I, I definitely, and it's so funny, my mom had tried for years when I was younger because she made all our clothes. Like, I, I'm going to date myself, but I remember going to like the Donnie and Marie concert. It was my first concert. And she made us matching dresses. <laughs> oh so my gosh. my mom nice. was obsessed with like, you know, making everything. And I hated it. I didn't want anything to do with it. So uh, Amanda, who is going going to be on our show today. She actually really inspired me. We did some sew-alongs um, that I helped film, and uh, it was the Patagonia, Patagonia Pants, which did I say that right? Yeah. And uh, so I tried that, and I got hooked. So lately, I've been, I've made two pairs of pants so far, and then she also gave me a book that really was a great introduction um, to, like, kind of tunics and things like that. So, uh, yeah, so uh, nice. I'm new, new to sewing and new to cheating on quilting. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, well, and you're going to have to tell me the name of that book because I yes. think I need that. You, uh, so, maybe if Amanda's coming in, she can even tell us. All right, too. cool. <laughs> That'd be great. So, Tracy, tell us about you. Uh, so, um, I've always been super creative and needed some sort of creative outlet. When I was in high school, I did um, cross stitch. That was before I even learned to quilt. Um, the problem I had was I would finish the project and then not know what to do with it. Didn't yeah. want to frame it. Didn't 
want to turn, you know, I didn't know what to turn it into. So I've actually still got several of those projects that like are just Put them in a quilt. unfinished. Yeah. <laughs> so I should, really should. And so then I learned to quilt. And over the years, let's see, I've done some, a little bit of crochet. Um, and I wanted to get into scrapbooking. Okay, so this is my biggest issue over the years. I have um, not wanted to start a new craft because I didn't want to collect all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the one, things that I've avoided are, um, so I got into scrapbooking, but I decided I was going to do it in fabric. And I actually figured out a way to make it like paper. Nice. Um, and then I have always wanted to learn how to knit socks. And I haven't done that because I'm just afraid I'm just going to collect yarn and (laughs) it's going to be one more thing. But the one thing that I would still like to do more of that I've only done a little bit of is garment sewing. And so I I feel like that's okay because it's all fabric and that just. Yeah. So we all need to talk to Amanda, don't we? Yes, we do. Welcome to Open Studios. I'd like to welcome... Amanda Carestio, Senior Editor of Sew News and Creative Machine Embroidery. And your podcast is Sew and Tell. That's right. Excellent. Welcome. Thank you. And I'd also like to welcome Allison Korleski. You are a producer with Interweave, and mm-hmm. you are the host of the podcast Fiber Nation. That's right. And I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you both. We um, came up with this concept to sort of talk about crossover crafting, and and we were thinking about how many designers we work with who are knitters, and how many people do all kinds of other crafts. So I'm going to open up the floor, and I'm going to ask Amanda first, and then Allison, um, what crafts you do besides your main gig. Well, I would say that I'm I'm pretty dedicated at this point to garment sewing. Um, so I, I feel like I I don't dabble as much as I used to, but I will occasionally make a little baby quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have dabbled in um, all kinds of modern quilting and um, even some um, on the art quilting side of things. I will also occasionally crochet myself a hat. Um, I don't, I'm not a, I'm very beginner crocheter, but pretty much I just want to make hats and that's as far as I need to take it, um, at least for the time being. But I've done um, so many different things between beading. Um, I was really into needle felting there for a little while. Oh, yeah. Making I did that little three dimensional yeah. mushrooms. That was my <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, and also stained glass. I, I've made a lot of um, stained glass pieces, and pretty much everything I've done, I've made a version that includes flamingos because my mom is a flamingo fan. Oh, so she has a flamingo stained glass panel and a flamingo quilt and flamingo fabric shirts and um <laughs> so that 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 theme is has run through everything i've done excellent what about you allison um i am going to quibble with the cheating term that you used at the beginning because <laughs> are you i am not a cheater i am polyamorous okay none of them none of them takes anything away from the other um <laughs> 
But I am, I'm an outlier with you guys, because obviously I'm coming in from the Yarny world. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, ironically, because I will, I will make an entire outfit stitch by stitch, but I'm too impatient for sewing or quilting. Um, so knitting is my love. I have also started spinning, which is that sort of cool. deeper dive mm-hmm. into fiber, yes. and I've really fallen in love with that. Um, I have done crocheting, but um, this is actually where my knitting fights with it because I knit very tightly, which is the opposite of what you want to do in crochet. So I end up with something that's really constipated and miserable looking, and I just end up chucking it. Um, but I'm glad that Amanda brought up needle felting because I had forgotten I do um, Christmas ornaments for my oh, boyfriend cool. every year. He gets oh, a different nice. fish every year. So he fish has a shark, again. he has yeah. a <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's because they because they swim so yes. uh, and then and then I do some jewelry, and that mostly came out of peak of going into a store and seeing a pair of earrings and they're a hundred dollars and thinking mm-hmm. I can make this for fifteen, so that's why I do jewelry. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, it's funny because I thought of needle felting as well. I had forgotten that I completely yep. went through a whole needle felting phase, mm-hmm. um, and I used mm-hmm. to I used to felt sweaters and turn them into purses, and mm-hmm. then I would needle felt a design mm-hmm. on the on the purse. That's really interesting. So you mentioned that you know you're polyamorous, and I, it, suddenly <laughs> the question popped into my head about does working on other projects recharge your batteries and I want I'll sort of you know whoever wants to yeah. answer Ginger you've got well, to it's really funny when you had said cheat originally I was thinking of like things that we learned from others crafts that we cheat and use oh. <laughs> so that's, that's why I was first initially mm-hmm. thinking of that and one of the things that came to mind is um, in a former life I had worked with a lot of art instructors and one of the courses that I had worked on was a uh a colored pencil course. And in that, oh. I learned so much about color. And I can't mm. tell you how many times I have utilized that information while I'm picking out fabric and just designing quilts and doing things. So for me, that was like kind of the overlap. And I, I found um, also when I'm designing, using my colored pencils to fill in the colors and figure out what I want. But I mean, just having that basic knowledge of value and, and knowing what's uh, compatible and what's uh, contrasting and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff, I think is actually really that's been it's been huge that is a huge thing so what about the rest of you so i i have to to kind of stray aside just a little bit because the way i recharge when i'm not doing quilting is i garden interesting okay and i'm with counts. you yeah i'm with you on yeah. that i don't quite call it a craft mm-hmm. but right but but yeah, the colors and the smells and mm. and playing in the dirt <laughs> just kind of refresh my whole way of looking at things. And and I'm gonna riff off of that, and I think cooking does that for me. Mm-hmm. So I That's like a to good one. I like to you know cook. So I like to eat. I think because <laughs> <laughs> they're a good team. I, I, all of these things, whether it's crafting or, or like you said, I garden a lot. It. It opens up that crafting part of your brain where part of you is concentrating on the thing at hand and part of your mind is just elsewhere. And and particularly in gardening, I love that with a task like weeding or something that is very repetitive. You're not putting a lot of your, there's not a lot of cognition going on, but your brain does go elsewhere. Spinning is exactly the same. Spinning is something that's almost hypnotic and you're doing it more by touch than by thought or by sight. And it just... It uses that other part of our brain that we don't always use every day, particularly in our work. And I, 
I need that. I don't know about you, but I need my brain to go different places. That's really interesting because I, I don't think about it that way, but it's it's uh, there's something very valid about that. Yes. You know, so I was actually thinking about, Allison, your podcast is so very different from our podcast, and I think even different mm-hmm. from So and Tell, Definitely. wouldn't you say? Yeah. So I feel like it has a very NPR quality about it, like <laughs> it, in the most flattering way that I can say that, because I think that you, is like the nicest thing anyone has ever oh, said to me. It, it is so very much true. Um, I just feel like you tell this story and you interweave these interviews into the story you're telling. And it's really quite beautiful. Is there uh, do you have a favorite episode? And is there what's the, the biggest thing you've learned as you've worked on? Well, we don't have that many episodes, so I don't think I can call out any. I I think each episode has been its special challenge. Um, From the first one where I didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, (laughs) You know, the second one was more like, how do we make sheep make noises? Um, (laughs) Did you figure it out? (laughs) And and the answer is you start to feed them. You turn on your iPhone and you walk away without feeding them and they lose their minds. (laughs) All of these great sheep noises. Um, and then the third one was such a complicated story. It was about Russia and these knitted shawls. And so each one, um, you know, each one I think is a different story and has different players. I, I would say what I learned from it is that wherever you start out at the beginning saying it's going to be about this, it ends up about being something completely different. Um, and mm-hmm. that's, and that's what I like about it because, you know, I'll be t- I'll be interviewing someone, and she'll say something, and I'll be like, "Wait, that wasn't what you said on our last interview." And then I have to completely rewrite everything. But I think it makes it better. That's interesting. What about you, Amanda? I think what's fun about your your podcast is that you bring so much current uh, current events mm-hmm. and and things in fashion mm-hmm, directly mm-hmm. into your podcast. So I feel like. I was a little, I'm a little envious that you can have an outlet that is so current, whereas mm-hmm. it, with the magazines, we're working so far ahead. Right, right. It is, it is nice to be able to kind of talk about those trends that are kind of popping up, but might not be, not, might not last for forever and, and kind of hop around. I mean, we, we do a lot of trend based stuff, but we also talk about, um, I feel like in, in our, season that we're currently working on season three we go a little deeper like we are we've we're talking about um body positivity and kind of body image and how sewing can positively positively impact that and we've talked about um you know we talked about stash and really like stash fabrics and really like and really mind that and, and thinking about do you feel guilty about your huge stash of fabric at home or is it empowering um you know and and so i think that we we talk about trends we talk about sewing but we can also kind of dive into those deeper issues and those are usually my kind of the most fun for me because it's it's nice to to learn about other people and and just and to really i don't know to dive deeply into those subjects because i think that they're really important and they're really kind of at the core of why people craft. I, I think that's interesting. I'm, all I'm thinking about is how we've been talking. Lori and I have been talking a lot about stashes um, recently and about how 
collecting fabric has changed for quilters, I think, over over the past 20, 30 years. It used to be you had to collect a stash. And I had no idea that garment sewists have a stash as well. Oh, yeah. We have stash. So how much fabric do you buy when you when you see something you love and you don't know what it's going to be for? Um, I'd say two to three yards. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can get you can get pretty far into a garment with two or three yards. You can you can do a lot with that. You can do pants, mm-hmm. maybe a jacket, definitely a shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about you, Allison? How much? How uh, much? What do you buy? And and do you have a a significant uh, stash? I have. I have made so many bad decisions when it comes to acquiring <laughs> stash. <laughs> um, you know, don't shop drunk. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was the only one that did that. <laughs> um, I haven't tried that yet. I gotta try it. It's <laughs> dangerous. Um, I, I went through an early phase where just everything was pretty and everything was beautiful, and I wanted to make everything. And if it was on sale, that was always a justification. And mm-hmm. I tried to be a little more mindful of what I'm getting now. So the rule is, if I buy it, I have to have a project in mind. Um, and I try, I try to be very organized about that to the point of having the, you know, making notes on it and the patterns and, and the swatches and all of that. And I succeed maybe 30% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start. So, yeah. Yep. This is making yep. me it, feel better. It, you know it's a problem not only when you're hiding it from other people but also from yourself. Uh, <laughs> See, I don't think I've gotten that bad. Well, one of the things I love, though, because I sit right across from Allison at work and everything, and when we go into meetings, and, and it's not just her, but everybody in the yarn community, they always have their bag. They're always working on projects. So going to meetings is actually fun when you go because everybody's working on different things, and you can watch them. And I just get transfixed watching them just do their thing. That's nice. We don't really do that in the quilting side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a little hard to bring a whole quilt. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we doodle. We we trace you know our quilting motifs and and sometimes people will design a quilt in a meeting (laughs) with their doodles but that's about as far as we can go (laughs) um so you know i think i think this is really interesting because we i didn't realize there were so many similarities amongst the different crafts I, I really wasn't expected to ex- expecting to talk about um, you know a stash and feel like such camaraderie mm-hmm. with you too we all have the same problem yes <laughs> yep Goodness. well and I Amanda I love that you talked about stash guilt mm-hmm. because I think that that's something that we all every wrestle with yeah. um, you know that we we have more than we need mm-hmm. um, which is which is wonderfully freeing when you're looking to do a project but yeah there is a certain amount of guilt with that yeah too. it can it can weigh down on you and keep you from buying new fabric. <laughs> so I have, I have a question. Yeah. How much when you're, you're working on projects and you have fabric left over, you know, kind of scrap type thing, when is, like, how much is, is not enough, I guess, to, I don't know if there's to any throw it away. Yeah, to throw it away. Because sometimes I'll have, like, a half, you know, not maybe not quite, you know, half a yard or, or something of fabric or something. What, it, Lori's looking at me like, oh. Oh, Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> So so my rule is basically if it's anything smaller than about a 10-inch square, okay. it goes away. But if it's really pretty fabric, I break that rule and save smaller pieces. Um, I have friends who will save everything. 
I mean, like one-inch squares will mm-hmm. go in their little box with snips. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if it's a half a yard, absolutely okay. you save it. Right. Yes, absolutely. I would. Say, I was going to say I save things that are bigger than my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes, like she said, if it's a square, if it's already like a two and a half inch square, I might throw it in in the scrap bin. Okay. Um, I also collect selvages, so I have a separate oh. bin just for selvages. Those are, you know, it's going to take me years to get enough for a big quilt. Uh, what about what about you, Amanda? Um, I'd say I similar amounts. I mean, with sewing, it's nice because you there are a lot of ways to use those scraps. I mean, you can do pocket linings, you can do um, binding and um, facings if you if you're okay using a different fabric from your main fabric. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways to use them. Um, I definitely hold on to things and end up not ever using them all the time. But um, I do, I mean, I think um, that's where actually I think there's a lot of overlap because I see a lot of garment sewists, if they have fabrics that can be used in a quilt, they will make a little quilt from their scraps because I think that's, you know, a good way to use those those little bits. So I definitely have a scrap tub. <laughs> yeah. yes. It gets overwhelming at times, but... How does yeah. it differ for uh, knitting? Um, there, well, one thing I wanted to just leap on something that Amanda said about my my family. We have quilts that my family has made, and they're and they're not beautiful. They're strictly utilitarian. Um, the ones that were made in the Depression, we found out when we washed them, were actually stuffed with newspaper oh. rather than batting yes. because they couldn't afford yeah. batting. Right. But if you look at old photographs and you realize this, that the fabric on a dress my great grandmother mm-hmm. was wearing is actually in my baby quilt. Oh, oh how And nice. I so love cool. seeing that that line, that continuity from one generation to another. And that is, I think that is so integral to crafting. That um, is beautiful. But, um, but in terms of, of, you know, using things, there's always that design challenge. And you guys were talking about that of like, I only have this left. What can I do with it? Or how do I combine my scraps into, into something that looks... Like I didn't combine scraps that looks thought out <laughs> mm-hmm. rather than accidental. <laughs> Probably 25 yards. Um, 50, wow. depending on it, I could get at least part of a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there is, and in knitting, there's always that when you run out and you put a stripe on something, um, that's that's kind of our, our lifeline on, mm-hmm. you know, how to get out of it. Like, oh, I ran out of yarn. I'll just put a stripe. It was planned. <laughs> you know, where you start using something else. Um, but yeah, right. I'd say 50 yards. Nice. All right. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having both of you join us. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and I would like you guys to both stick around for our Fine Finishes segment. So for our Fine Finishes today, we want to talk about what we would want to take with us if we were going to be stranded on a desert island. Do you have a special thing? You know, I I think about it and I think, well, of course I need to be able to quilt, but I can't take everything in my studio. So, Tracy, how about you? (laughs) Um, My initial thought was, okay, do I bring a hand crank sewing machine? Oh, no, you have electricity. We have electricity (laughs) on this desert island. What? (laughs) All right, well, then I'm, I'm bringing... A, a sewing machine that has embroidery. 
Um, and I am bringing. I, what about what do we do about fabric, Lori? Is there like an endless supply of fabric See, or no? I, I think there is. I think there's. The, right. It just kind of drops out of the sky. Mm-hmm. I want this island. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> this sounds like an amazing island. Yeah. Is and uh, you know, and I don't, wouldn't even care if there was Wi-Fi or not. Um, so I would bring my. I would definitely have to have a rotary cutter and a rotary mat and a basic ruler, like maybe one that I can do multiple things with. Right. I could only have one. Um, if I could have two, I would do a 12-inch ruler and like a 6 by 18. Okay. I think that would be practical or maybe a 6 by 24 and um, or a fill thread. Okay. Nice. All right. I, Go, I, I, I took this like to heart and I thought of two things because when you're stuck on an island, you know, there's the survival aspect of it. And then there's the what do I do in, <laughs> when I'm bored to death aspect of it. Okay. So I kind of had two things like on the survival end. When I took up this uh, quilting and everything, I was like, I have a skill that might actually be if the apocalypse comes. <laughs> people are going to need quilts. They're going to want to stay warm. And now I can build clothes. So I thought I'm useful. So I think <laughs> I, would, I would definitely want like, you know, a sewing machine. I, I would want just the basics though where it's like I could clothe everybody I could you know you know I could uh, you know make sure everybody's taken care of so I love that I can become that person if I'm on stuck on this island and then for fun you know I think I'd, I'd really love to bring because I still do love my colored pencils so and then I figure once they run out I can find bark or I can find you know something like that and I can do something yes. with. pencil sharpener yeah and, and yet again because it, it just wastes time you know and and so I, th- I think I would uh, definitely look into to doing that so, Amanda, how about you? Well, if we have electricity, I'm thinking blender <laughs> and maybe some, you know, tropical boat drink supplies. Um, <laughs> but my initial thought was definitely um, all things sewing because I'm with you, Ginger. I think that it is a – I think that there's probably a way to make a case for all of the crafts being somewhat – survival skill-esque and for me sewing definitely is being able to um, clothe myself provide shelter could sew a little a flag to simple to signal you know Mm. passing airplanes slash whoever's going to bring me my fabric Um, (laughs) you know you know I could sew up wounds maybe (gasps) probably not I would probably pass out I would (laughs) but I could <laughs> so. well, or you could at least provide the implements Some, to, yeah, for somebody exactly. else. To somebody sew else up does it. Yeah, I'll I'll just uh, provide pointers. Yeah, <laughs> Allison, how about you? Uh, like Ginger, I thought about this in two ways, and I think in the in the survival aspect, it would definitely be uh, knitting because the knitting needles they double as a weapon. They double- <laughs> They double as uh, tent pegs. They double as, you know, you can roast something on it after totally. you've used it mm-hmm. as a weapon. Chopsticks. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know, and the, the yarn or what you can knit with anything. Um, so that can be used for tying and packaging. But but then, Tracy, you know, with your idea that there's electricity, and if there's, there's electricity, there's probably a spa there. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking my spinning wheel because – the, with that, I could create the yarn that I then use to create other things. And the spinning wheel is just really zen. And I think of, you know, being on a beach or a spa, really zen. Mm-hmm. 
I like how none of us are in Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We all went tropical. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Course. It's warm and sunny Wishful where we thinking. all are. Well, right. with a name like Ginger, you know, I've been asked this question before, you know, Gilligan's Island and all no, that. Uh, <laughs> so if I were going to the desert island, I need my sewing machine and, and the things to sew quilts or garments. But I also have three specific feet mm-hmm. that I want to take for my sewing uh, machine. And one is a quarter inch foot. With a guide. Good one. Mm-hmm. And one is the foot that I use when I put on binding. It's called a bi-level top stitch foot, and it's got two different levels, so you can ride it on the binding fabric and set your needle so it, it just barely catches the binding. Cool nice. foot. And the other is called a narrow edge foot, and it's actually created to uh, stitch lace on the edge of a hem for a little girl's dress or a pretty blouse. But I use it when I sew together two pieces of binding, of batting, so I can bat a piece of batting up against the blade in the middle and zigzag it together and go really fast. Nice. This sounds amazing. So what are we leaving for the island? (laughs) Thank you. I like that. I'm ready. I'm ready for the tropical drinks. Mm-hmm. Must have. I mean, it's got the blender. <laughs> yeah, always. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. This was fun. Thank you all so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much for listening to the Quilting Company podcast. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today on our show notes page, quiltingcompany.com slash quiltpodcast. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to tell your friends. And thanks for listening. Happy quilting. The Quilting Company podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcast is Jared Mayer.